perfect. Nailed it. Couldn't do better. Nailed it! Which is not often what happens when we discuss dreading the boards. Is it Lillian Bustle? Oh, 100% no. No, it's more, it's, this is the, this is the, the theater, TV, and film fail burger fest. Fail burger fest! Uh, I'm Lillian Bustle. I'm Jen Ponton. Yes, you are. And with us today, we have someone who I adore, Dahlia DeFay. Hi. Welcome, Jen is going to tell you folks a little bit more about Dahlia and what they are up to. Dahlia is a burlesque performer who is known as the witchy wet dream. They are darkly sardonic, sweetly sexy, provocateur. And outside of burlesque, they also come from a background in tech and crew. So not only in theater, but also film and TV. Dahlia used to work in uh, on TV sets as a PA, both for like, uh, Discovery ID murder shows as well as bigger fish like The Blacklist and then became a wardrobe supervisor for off-Broadway theaters uh, like The Public and The Heartbeat Opera and we are super excited to have them with us today not only for stories of being on stage as talent but also the many 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 cups of tea that they have to spill as a crew member so welcome Dahlia thank you Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being with us today. We are super excited to have you. Oh, I'm so excited. I love spilling the tea. Yes. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I think, I think, so I've done, um, I haven't done a whole lot of professional crew stuff, but I've done a lot of stage management. I've done some follow spot things. And um, I mean, this isn't primarily what you and I were talking about when you were giving me hints as to the stories that you had, but like the shit people say in front of tech people like we're not there yeah it's astounding um and i think maybe we're maybe understanding it a little bit more in this day and age when anyone can just like record you at any time (laughs) yeah yeah for sure but being able to be literally behind the scenes behind the behind the scenes and see everything that goes on it is what a world (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's definitely a whirlwind i feel like there's this this idea in film and theater and television and like really all entertainment industries where it's full of dreams and it's such an amazing opportunity to be here and like those things are mostly true but I feel like what ends up happening is that becomes a sort of capital for abuse where it's like well if you want this bad enough you'll put up with anything (laughs) you know and it's such an oversaturated industry that you kind of do have to put up with anything because you can be in and out you know in, in less than a day um and yeah. it's very hard to find work once people have kind of put you on that like blacklist right that the and the phrase that phraseology that you just used the cap the capital for abuse like poof. yep <laughs> i've never heard for anyone sure. put it that way but geez that resonates. and when you're above the line people b- buy into it and believe it then like y- if you're below the line you are so fucked yeah. because if even the biggest stars play into that game like It's just, it's a terrible domino effect of no one's going to listen to you. Yeah, pretty much. And if you make them listen, then they just hate you and they'll fire you anyway. (laughs) Uh Exactly. I want to just go ahead and jump right into the the story that you teased to me about getting stranded in West Milford. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Yeah. um, So I wrote you a whole novel about that. So I don't know if I should just 
go off oh yeah one, or if you have clips let's, yes <laughs> let's do the whole thing west it milford is... new jersey yeah this is the perfect cross-section of dreading the boards and weird nj by the way because <laughs> which which turns out to be great later in the story but like i was actually in ended up in an area that i recognized very well because i had a friend who who lived there that i like to visit so that was kind of the like silver lining in all this <laughs> um but so it, the whole production was just a mess. And I was trying to get my credentials as a truck driving PA at the time because truck driving PAs, at least in my opinion, like had the best PA jobs. Like they got to tie all these cool knots and they got to pick up <laughs> the camera equipment. And then once you drop the stuff off, you could like sleep in the truck and it was just like amazing. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that that's the criteria for what a great job it is. Yep, you get your rope practice in, you get a nap in. You 100%. get to be alone, which you is get considerable. To be alone. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Any job where like I can just do it and then everyone fucks off is like a great job for me. So oh, yes. I wanted that job really bad. Um, I also was like, will still do feel very boyish at like a lot of the time, and like something about like driving a truck just like felt cool. It was like, yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, but I wanted the job, and I was, I was, I had experience doing like 15 pass vans and like. 10 foot box trucks. So I was like, yeah, I could do this. I can do this. Um, and actually the first time that I applied for the job, they said no, um, you know, because they didn't want like a girl air quotes driving mm -hmm. the truck. Like, cause of, I don't know when you have a vagina, you're pr genetically predisposed to like be bad at driving trucks. That's I what I've heard. I <laughs> so, but they did have an opening as a set PA. So I was like, okay, like, I kind of hate that job because it's a lot of standing around for like 18 hours and you don't oh, sleep God. ever. Um, but, but I needed a job and I needed the networking. So I took it. Um, and I might not have the timeline exactly correct from what I wrote down, but it was about a month long project and a week in we were already like the budget was so low that that they never had anything they needed. And when you don't have what you need available, it can delay production by hours and hours and hours. So what was already supposed to be a 12 hour day, you know, which is generally like an hour of setup, 10 hours of shooting, and then an hour of breakdown, everyone goes home, was becoming like 16, 18, sometimes 20 hour days. And this is only the first week. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. and when you're dealing with like a union production there's supposed to be a turnaround time it's usually like six to eight hours so from when we wrap and when we too leave, low yeah <laughs> you have six to eight hours between the next day when the next day starts and that's like for the union people they right. are lucky if they get eight hours for pas we have to be there before the production crew starts so if if they have like an eight hour turnaround, we usually have like a four hour turnaround. Either oh my God. Up it's the that bad? Yeah, yeah. We, oh, we set up the breakfast, fuck. we set up all the maps, we set up like all, all the little like in environmental tchotchkes that like get very <laughs> overlooked on a film, you know, and, and we have to stand there and wait for everyone to come in and give them all their paperwork and tell them what it, there's a whole process that happens i don't want to bore you guys but basically no no it's important <laughs> it's important i think too because everybody is 
especially in terms of our listenership, a lot of people are very aware of this crisis going on with IATSE. And it's important to know that if you're not a member of SAG-AFTRA, but you're a performer, SAG-AFTRA mandates that turnarounds for actors have to be 12 hours. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. So (laughs) no matter what time you wrap, if you wrap at three in the morning, they are not allowed to have you back on set until 3 p.m. the next day. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So for the threshold to be so much lower for union crew and then almost not at all for PAs, for non-union, very, very hardworking crew, it's just abysmal. And this is why we're on the verge of a giant IOTSE strike. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I actually really appreciate you acknowledging that because I feel like the attitude on set, especially, is just like, well, you signed up for this, you wanted to be here, you you wanna you wanna be around celebrities and work your dream job. This is what you gotta do. Don't complain about it. But but we often PAs especially get looked at as like the the laziest members of the crew because we're not allowed to stand, we're not allowed to lean, we're not allowed to take bathroom breaks, and if we complain about it, then we're lazy. But the truth of the matter is, for every 12 hours that, uh, you know, a, a crew member works, we probably are working, like, 18 hours. That's so <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then we're the ones driving the fucking trucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're the ones, unless you're talking about a union show and then you have Teamsters. But for the most part on lower budget stuff, yeah, we're the ones driving the trucks that are full of crew and actors and equipment and all these things. And and that's really what the story is, is that uh, the original truck PA that got the job that I applied for within the first week was suffering from sleep deprivation so badly and also had never driven a truck before. So he didn't know that there were such things as truck routes and roads that you cannot take was just following his GPS to the next location and in his sleep deprivation did not realize he was on a no truck road and drove into a fucking bridge. Whoa. Do you know where that was? What road that was? No, I don't. It was just somewhere like in the boonies in, in New Jersey or upstate New York because we were Holy traveling. Shit. But it was one of those like really low, low like, an overpass? like the Taconic Parkway or the Merritt Parkway or something. Oh my God. Or oh even God. something you'd find in like a, a, a large park or something. It was just, you know, like a bridge you could walk over. Yeah. Were yeah. you in the truck at that moment? I was not in the truck. Thank God. I was on set. Yeah, right. (laughs) But then this poor kid, he gets no medical attention, right? They they don't send him to the hospital. They don't check on him. They don't make sure he's okay. They just fire him. (laughs) He's just gone. Whoa. And then they walk up to me on set and they're like, oh, the truck PA just crashed the truck. You said you can drive trucks, right? And I was like, Oh, now you want my help. <laughs> now you want this PDL <laughs> oh, vagina? Okay. <laughs> right, right. It's ridiculous. But I also really wanted the job and I wanted to prove myself. So I took it. So they had to send me back to New York. Um, I guess someone else must have driven me there because I had to pick up a truck to bring back to New Jersey. But they didn't tell me that the only truck that was available on such short notice was a like 20 foot box truck which is the largest size trailer that you can have without needing a cdl license wow (laughs) and i was like i said i could drive up to 14 feet like what is this what are you oh no (laughs) 
Yeah, but again, really set, setting everybody up for success. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. But there's that idea of we're making a movie, we're making a TV show. You want to be here. This is what we need. You're gonna do it or else. You know. Mm-hmm. So I do it. So I didn't healthy. even. I didn't even get the truck out of the lot. I got the trailer stuck on the gate and like couldn't feel it and just kept driving and almost <gasps> the whole gate right out of the ground. Oh. So, <laughs> oh, very, God. very bad omens for this. Um, By the way, just for anyone listening who's like, exactly what I want to do is work with celebrities. Production is not the way to do it. No. I promise you, press public relations, event planning, mm-hmm. uh, red carpet photography, journalism, go that wild. Means, you are yeah. dealing with celebrities <laughs> at their peak and like saying the right thing and wearing the pretty clothes. In production, you are seeing us all <laughs> underrested, um, trying to juggle 900 things, trying not to talk to extra people. Like it's yep, yep. anti-glamour for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so your truck is stuck. <laughs> yeah, my truck is stuck. The, the guys at the lot come like running out, you know, and they're like waving me down. And of course, I'm I'm busy, so I'm like, eh, what do you what do you want? You know, like stop <laughs> bothering me. And I look out the window, and I just see the like just big black like cast iron gate just like curling towards <laughs> the ground. And I'm like, oh, that's why they're stopping me. <laughs> you know. So (laughs) somehow they like got it out and got it onto the street and we're just like, go, just go get the hell out of here. (laughs) And they, they promised me they weren't going to tell my boss, but then they did tell my boss and that was a whole other can of worms. But at that point I already had the truck. So I was like, what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to get another truck driving PA. I'm in, you know, once I was on the highway, I was fine. It was just like those tight turns, you know, I just couldn't do it. (laughs) Yeah. But also you told them what you could do. And then they were like, what about this instead? Right. I was like, so I, I couldn't drive the 10 foot box truck that you originally had because of my vagina. But now you're throwing me a 20 foot truck. because uh, why? <laughs> so right. that was the first like, well, maybe not the first red flag, but one of the first major red flags. Um, but, you know, two two weeks later, we were still running on like no sleep. And I remember asking for a safety nap because I was also responsible for driving the 15 pass van. Um, we had like three locations within like five to 10 miles of each other that we were scooting around from. So I had to drive the crew from location to location, like throughout the day, um, which is kind of BS because if they had, if they had more money and they were doing it right. And my sole responsibility really should have been the truck. But when I wasn't doing truck duty, I was doing van duty. And when I wasn't doing van duty, I was on set. Because, again, the idea is, like, we're paying for you. Don't let us catch you not working, you know? Uh, Of course. So I was just spread so thin. I never got – I never arrested. And I remember asking for a safety nap, which I was denied um, because I was just being lazy, you know? And then later on that day, driving the crew home, I I swear to God, I just like fell asleep and like woke up like I, minutes later and was just like still driving and was just Fuck. like, how did I get here? I could have just killed all these people. Oh my God. And I, I remember pulling over and like being like, guys, like, I'm really sorry. I know you want to go home. I have no idea how long we've been driving or how long I was just out for, but like someone else really needs to take the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's but it's so crazy. 
it was so scary to do that because I could have gotten fired for being lazy, but really I almost killed everybody because they didn't want to pay for another PA to do this job so that I could rest. <laughs> you right. Know? Right. Um, and it was just, Hmm? Go on. I gotta say, like, I don't know, since it was a previous life for you, I don't mm -hmm. know if you've kept up with it, but since, and I might even release this episode much sooner, depending upon how this ratification vote goes this weekend. Yeah. Um, if we are indeed looking at a strike, which I absolutely think should happen, um, uh, there are thespians some accounts online on instagram in particular that have really blown up one of them is ia underscore members okay. dahlia's story is uh very distressingly a norm especially in la where people oh, it's have not... to drive yeah. um go ahead lillian oh that's not even the whole thing like oh, right <laughs> right i'm real i'm sure great i love the feedback because i spent so many years in this industry that I, I i often realize i don't know what's going on in the world around me because when you're in that industry like that's your main focus so like right. getting this feedback and like hearing there are like other pages that you can check out with similar stories is like great for me to know so like please interrupt me <laughs> oh i just think it's so, it's so the zeitgeist right now it's what's, yeah. it's what's happening and like the fact that this has been considered normal for so long and like look as an as an actor, if you're working every day of the week for 12 hours and then you have, you know, getting home and maybe spending time with your family, but probably not like the travel, it basically means you're sleeping and then working and that's yep. it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that is so intense and then it becomes unfathomably so as you get, you know, less and less in front of the camera, it's impossible. I think the pandemic has really brought us to a place of reckoning of like no life is too short no yes. one's life is worth this mm -hmm. the, this is a whole industry where people in front of and behind the camera have missed countless weddings funerals yep. birthdays people who are in crew who have children have like missed the entire life of mm -hmm. their children mm -hmm. it's crazy it's like we're supposed it's like we sign up to just be partnered to to this to the whims of these producers and it's bananas and nobody deserves it it deserves to just be a job for all yeah. of us a, a job like i don't know pa possibly bordering on participating in art for fuck's sake right <laughs> yeah and it's it's crazy because it's a multi-billion dollar industry and the the quality of life when you're when you're in that industry you would think that you were you know mm. in like a bottom tier no money kind of thing but the reason <laughs> why non-profit theater mm -hmm. yeah yeah which have i've also experienced cruelties for sure mm -hmm. but not mm -hmm. not the way that i have in film and and television um, but it, it's just wild because that's, that's really how they make their money. That's how they make their profits. Unfortunately, is, is they put profits over people, you know, like you have, you have line producers who their entire job is just to itemize the budget and see what can we not spend money on. And most of the time it's taking care of our crew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Off with and, the line producers. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to go, to go back to your story. So you're falling asleep and you asked if they could put you up in a hotel right oh yeah yeah and they told me no because since i was just i was like a day player i wasn't really like a, a 
crew PA, they were like, no, you don't, you don't get the same rights as crew. Like you don't get a oh, Damn it. So I had to sleep in the fucking truck <laughs> because no. what was, I lived in Brooklyn. What was I going to drive from West Milford all the way to Brooklyn with the four hour turnaround? I wasn't going to sleep either way, you no. know? Um, and then like on the last day, the last day when we were wrapping out was really when shit hits the fan because by this point they were so unorganized the, the whole time we were way behind schedule, not getting the shots that we wanted people were dropping off like flies because who the hell <laughs> wanted to to work under those conditions you know it was cold it was wet it was rainy we were outside it just mm. there was no food we were eating like pizza every day pizza and like little box juices you know it was just jesus right oh, and we're never pooping. never never pooping we don't have the budget for pas to poop sorry <laughs> no no, I don't even know if there was like a honey pot or or like an outhouse or anything on. I can't remember. Jesus but yeah, it was just Christ. it was just horrible. So we were again. I was like driving around from locations to locations, and the locations that I was driving between were about like a half hour apart. I'm raising my hand oh, okay. because <laughs> I now need to know if a crew secret is that you call the bathroom in the honey wagon. Yes, <laughs> the honey. <laughs> hilarious nobody ever says that to an actor what's a honey wagon um a honey wagon is like the trailer where you might have some dressing rooms but also you have uh usually pas in an office oh and- okay all right mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a satellite office when you're on location. Yeah, like if you're ever walking down the street in in Manhattan and you see those big trailers with like the people with the walkie-talkies standing in front of and there's like stars on them, that's usually one of those will be the honey wagon and the honey wagon is the the one with the AD's office in it. So nothing happens there. It's just like a printer and some bathrooms. (laughs) But yeah, it's called it's called the honey pot, which I always thought was, That's was funny. Hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, I thought it I thought it was cute. I got so excited. I was like, oh, someone got it. Yeah. <laughs> I just said it. I was like, mm, should I explain what that is? I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's hilarious. That's definitely film lingo and like using the walkies and like all of our our vocabularies for things is, is very fun. That I wish that this was an episode about all the fun words <laughs> in the film <laughs> industry but um Still yeah all that tea. horror story horror story trash can fire <laughs> what we're focusing on the first um, time i ever learned that crew had its own like rich inner life was when i was a freshman in college and i was doing fly crew for a production of the flan- uh, of the fantastics Ooh. and so i was on headset for cues and I was silent like I because I'm an actor and I was just taking this show <laughs> yeah um I mean I liked all of our tech students but um you know it wasn't like it wasn't my thing so I'm li- and I'm listening to everybody on the heads and I'm like oh my is this what you guys do every night is this <sighs> what you do when I'm on stage? <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah especially on tv too there's a lot of conversations that happen on the walkies while the actors are acting and like yeah there's just a whole like world that happens that 
I feel like the actors walk off set and everything, if it's going well, is just kind of done for them and it's all like operating smoothly. But yeah. it's, it's those conversations happening in the background that really make that happen. We're like ninjas. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, la the last day I was, um, I was driving around from, I think it was two different locations and they were a half hour apart. And the original plan was to shoot at location A, finish at location A, and then go to location B. That did not happen. No. <laughs> what did happen was we were running out of daylight and we did not have all the shots that we had for the previous day or the day before that or the day before that. So now we split into two crews and we were shooting at A and B at the same time. Wow. But, but... <laughs> The actors couldn't be in two places at once. Right. So we had actor A at location A and, lo and actor B at location B. And guess who had to swap them every time <laughs> they changed scenes? Me. So, no. yeah. So I was just for probably like 10, 12 hours just driving from back and forth to other. like studio versus the on location. They were both locate. They were both exterior locations. They oh, were just in two different. I have no idea why they couldn't find exterior shots that were like closer to each other. But they wow. were, like, yeah, it was a mess. It was like Woods A and Woods B, and they were a half hour apart. <laughs> I know this is your art and your vision, but I guarantee you, no one's gonna give a shit that these woods are a half hour away from the other woods when they're yeah. watching your show. Yeah. Like, yes, <laughs> so New Jersey has plenty of trees, right? Yeah. yeah like, right. Just, We'll, we'll go over here and then we'll turn the camera brand new shot no one will know no one will know but Shocker. Know. right but they God. you know they had to do this to me and you know the actors kept like forgetting stuff on the other set that they needed to bring with them so towards the end like i don't even think i actually made it to the location because like 15 minutes into the half hour drive I would get a phone call and like, oh, I forgot this. Can you go turn around and get it? And then I'd have to turn around and get it and then turn back around and drive. And then I'd turn back around and drive and get to the 15 minute mark again. And an AD would call me because they needed me to go because something needed to be broken down and that was priority and da, da, da. And then I would drive like 10 minutes and they would call me and be like, wait, isn't that actor still in your car? No, you need to take them where they need to go. I have to turn around again. I just never fucking made it to where I was going because I just kept having to turn around. And I, I have I, dreams like this. I think I actually screamed at one point and was oh, like, I you bet. need to fucking pick a location. Tell me where I am going and do not call me until I get there. God Stop it. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. Do you, we forgot that you still had the actor in the car is the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was my fault. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're supposed to be responsible for this. I'm like, again, like, I'm the entry level guy. Like, I'm not even in a union. You're the you're in the AD department. Why am I responsible for this? I'm just doing what I'm told. <laughs> you don't want me to make decisions. That's yeah. why I'm here, so you can push yeah. me around. Jesus. And, you know, I I feel like people really they don't take into account you know the importance of mental health but like the anxiety of turning around that many times was mm -mm. so unsafe because it was just like this one first of all without the anxiety it was this windy mountainous road with like a shitty guardrail that i can't uh. like make u-turns on in the fucking rain in the dark was this <laughs> like around west milford mm -hmm. yeah this yeah. was in west milford and Probably fucking Clinton Road. And it's haunted on top of that. Yeah. And there's like <laughs> one street light, like 
for the whole town. Just one. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Yeah. And in so, the rain. Yeah. Oh, my heart. It was just so unsafe, you know. I was like so tense and like clenching and shaking and oh, but then it's God. I have to stay calm, you know, because the more stressed and anxious I get, now I'm being like flippant and disrespectful and I need to I need to honor the chain of command and set etiquette and blah blah blah. It's like no, like I'm, I'm on the verge of a panic attack and I'm probably going to kill myself and whoever else is in this car because I'm not going to be able to drive it much longer. I'm going to crash, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But but no, Fuck. I'm being disrespectful to you. Sorry. <laughs> Your majesty. Right. Grotesque. <laughs> and then I still had to drive the truck. <laughs> back to New York. And this is where the, the fun part comes because again, with the hotel thing, at this point, it was like raining so hard and I was on so little sleep and I was so anxious. And I don't even remember if I ate that day, to be honest, that I, I really did not feel comfortable driving from West Milford all the way back to like Williamsburg to return this truck, you know, you know, that's like a three hour drive. And it was like two in the morning or something like heinous like that. Mm. And it, it was pouring so hard. It was pouring so hard. I couldn't even see out of the windshield because it was just coming down. And there was, again, we're in West Milford. There's trees. There's no street lights. There's, I just, it was no shot. There's bears. Uh, there's KKK. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like straight up though. Straight up. At least they're black bears though, because yeah. you can just like yell at them and they'll run away. I, I wouldn't test that theory, but that's what I've heard. Don't test it. But yeah, in general, yeah. far better luck with that. I'm glad that you explained it. Cause way. I thought that was going to fold into the KKK thing with the bears. And I was oh, like, I no. don't understand. Yeah, that was just. And then there's the bears who work for the KKK. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want the KKK going after anyone, black bears, black people, like, <laughs> get out. But in terms of, like, what kind of bears are in West Milford, at least it's black bears, you yes. know? <laughs> yeah. KKK sucks no matter what, like, fuck you guys, you know? But, um, yeah, no, no relation between black bears and KKK. <laughs> Although I do love that that was at least part of what you got pitched when you were working there. And they were like, there's bears around, guys. Just, you just got to <laughs> yell at them and move on. And it's like, yeah. Great. yeah. Oh, yeah. Further disregard for the, the <laughs> fragility of my life. Right. Jesus. Yeah. No, just like bang on a garbage can and they'll go. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. Cool. <laughs> Cool. Uh, so what happened? You're in the rain. It's two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And so this is actually another time when I had asked, like, I, I don't feel safe. Like, can I be put up somewhere? And again, was told no. And they were like, well, you, you know, you, you don't you don't have to um, take the truck home now, but we can't pay you to work another day. So you can sleep in the truck if you want and then take the take it home when you're feeling safe, but like we can't put you up in a hotel because you're not crew and we don't have the budget and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm going to die out here in this truck, <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm so glad you didn't oh die. God. Yeah, me too. But this is like when the clouds start to like pull away for me and like the sky opens up because I, I try to drive and I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to drive home. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not going to sleep in this truck. I don't want to be stranded out here. And I don't remember exactly the the chain of events that led to this, but I ended up 
on again like this really like dark windy like thin road that i couldn't see very well on oh god and my truck i think was either like smoking or like making a funny noise or something <laughs> and i was like of course you know like <laughs> this would be my luck like what else can we fucking compound into this nightmare you know and i call my friend um because at the time i had i i'm from new york i'm from brooklyn and i didn't know jersey very well um i'm a jersey based performer now but at the time i was like jersey was like this mystical land i had no idea what anything was like morristown and perth amboy were right next to each other for me you know <laughs> so i called my friend um raven hi raven <laughs> i love you and i'm like hey um don't you live in jersey like i'm i'm stuck here there's there there's there's uh there's no way that I'm making it to New York. I have this big ass truck and it's raining and I can't see anything. All I see is a lake and I'm afraid I'm gonna drive into the lake. And she's oh, like, Wait, you're you're in New Jersey and there's a lake and you're in a truck? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, is it a big yellow truck? And I'm like, yeah, it's a Penske. And she's like, the lake that you see is the lake that's across the street from my house. You're across the street from my house. Oh, <laughs> how did that work? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. heart. <laughs> and she lives, like, in the woods. So I was able to just kind of, like, abandon the truck in the woods and, like, go hang out in her house and go to sleep. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, like, the best part of the story is just like magically ending up in my friend's backyard with this truck <laughs> where wow. what town in hindsight what town did she live in that was west milford she lives in west she well, she did, what are the odds <laughs> yeah that's the only reason why i knew where i was actually because i was God. in Hollywood. yeah and um Bananas. well like for the story like i know that the story takes place in west milford because i ended up in her house um, <laughs> i actually didn't know where i was while i was working on the set like the entire time because that's how poor the communication was there wasn't even like a map on my call sheet you know um, bananas yes. especially because there's no service <laughs> up there either mm -hmm. yeah uh, at a certain threshold you are it's no man's land mm -hmm. oh god I, this yeah, is the kind of circumstance that makes me want to gnaw my own legs off. Like, no, I can't. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably go <sighs> for someone else's leg first, if I'm being honest. Sure, but, but like, if you're by yeah. yourself in the truck, what are you going to do? True, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's my leg or nothing. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, amazing. It's one Let's of all take things. a deep breath. Let's like, do a cleansing <laughs> breath after that. How about with talent? So, like, uh, you don't have to name names because what we seek is not salacity, salaciousness, salacitude. Um, but in terms of talent, like, worst experiences, best experiences, and certain lead producers who do their job very, very well. <laughs> I don't really know a lot of producers by name which i guess is probably a good thing because it protects me from like well, definitely <laughs> know this guy because we started to talk about him and he was the lead and producer of the blacklist oh yeah james spader he's great i think it probably will depend on who you talk to because i think some people just love to hate celebrities but james spader was an absolute doll he he always said good morning he he made eye contact with the pas you know, 
Um, and he was also a writer on the show, and he was really passionate about what I he don't did. Think I knew that he was writing. Mm -hmm. There would there would often be times where like we'd be in the middle of shooting something, and he'd be like, "Wait, like this something isn't right here. Like this isn't fitting. Like we could do this better." And we would, excuse me, we would all pause, and he would go make a phone call and like rewrite the whole thing and come back and do it again, which <laughs> I think some people were annoyed by, but I thought it was great because I got a fucking break. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. And and we there was a lot of food on that set um as well. <laughs> we had we had like two hot meals a day plus lunch. So we would get like soups or hot sandwiches or like some kind of like I don't know like little finger food twice a day and then we would also get a big lunch and then if we got um we went over 12 hours then we would also get dinner and like they really like as far as taking care of the crew and the rules go like they really took it seriously every everyone from the production um crew to the producers to the ad department like they were on the ball but james Spader was always very cordial very nice you know i i never had like a long drawn out friendly conversation with him but but he was very professional very kind you know and i i think that's something that especially the kind of roles that he tends to play and the kind mm -hmm. of personality that he has people probably wouldn't expect he's probably he's intimidating <laughs> yeah yeah he does and very strange nice. yeah yeah i liked him a lot <laughs> but he is like uh uh, I think I had most recently seen the season of The Office that he had done. And, like, just what an odd bird yeah. he is. And then he is that person in real life. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is marvelous. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, too. Jeff Goldblum yes! is, is the, like, sexy, eccentric, crazy man that you think he is. He's a thousand percent. I, I worked with him on a small film. I was actually his first team PA, which was also kind of a nightmare of a film that I wish he I could He must have into. loved you. Yes. Well, we did. We had an interesting relationship. I wish I could say that he loved me. I think in some ways he loved my personality. But the, <laughs> the thing that stands out to me the most is actually, it's, it's no fault of Jeff's. He was very sweet about it. But I was having a very bad day with um communication with the rest of the production team and i couldn't figure out uh where to take jeff um in terms of like do i take him to this location or this location like where in this location are we upstairs are we downstairs like i couldn't figure it out and so the thing about jeff goldblum that's burned into my mind is jeff going diana honey you know sometimes you just lead us on a wild goose chase <laughs> And I was like, no, Jeff Goldblum is disappointed in me. <laughs> but he was like, you could tell that he was like, you know, he was in it with us. And you could see that I was having a hard time and was like trying. Oh. It's okay. Like, don't worry about it. But also get it together like a little uh, bit. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right, Daddy Jeff, as my friends would say, you know. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. It's actually something that a friend, a friend of mine loves to tease me about. So I'm sure she'll be very pleased that it's now on a podcast. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> But he's a very nice man. He he um he's obsessed with the piano. Uh, Jen did an episode of Kimmy Schmidt with him. 
Oh, that's so great. And he so had it's, access it's, to a separation. piano, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh-huh. I think it's, it's got to be in all of his contracts. Um, and that's it. one of those things, too, where I think people are probably like, oh, look at the spoiled guy with his piano. But, like, no, like, at the end of every shoot day, he would, like, gather us by the piano and, like, play us songs on the piano. Oh, my heart. <laughs> And he always, he remembered everyone's names every day. He would walk around the room and like make a game of it and just I'm be like, cry. Diana, Diana, you know? Yeah. He was a really nice guy. <laughs> yes. I'm literally he tearing up. so <laughs> social. Oh God. Yes. To hear anyone say anything nice about a celebrity <laughs> that I like so much, it makes me so happy. Oh good. Yeah. They're, they're, they're out there. <laughs> he's so, and I, I mean, it's, it's real. What Dahlia says is absolutely true. He is exactly what you hope he is and also it's so earnest like he's so charming yes. and he's so interested in people yes he's so excited to talk to you about anything <laughs> why his show on disney plus is so perfect for him because oh he it's just so good loves talking to people and learning about <clears throat> things and then being goofy and jazzy about them yeah but like yeah it feels very unegoistic. Yeah, no, he really he's for the people. I think one of one of the the better yeah. rapports that we had um, was actually because it was basically my job to stop all the background actors from trying to take pictures with him. Yeah. <laughs> and I would try, but then someone would be like, Jeff, Jeff, and like come running. And I'd be like, you can't. And he'd go, oh, but you must. And just like start posing for pictures. And then he'd be like, I know you're the boss, but I got to make my fans happy. Oh God, I love it so much. Yeah. In, in the, um, when he and I worked together on Kimmy, like the whole, the set that we were on, the scenes were in a talk show audience and he was the fictional person who ran this talk show so he literally had a stage and he literally had an entire audience of background at his disposal (laughs) and he we we shot near the holidays in between every setup he would lead people in christmas carols oh my god (laughs) he would sing and when we would do our scenes together and in between setups and also right before action, I can't believe he did this to me. Right before action, he was like, name a standard, any standard. And I was like, uh, uh, paper moon. And he'd be like, a paper moon. So, and then, and then he and then the director would call action and he'd go right into the line. And I was like, this is my largest test ever. Like just yeah. being able to stay present to what I'm actually supposed to do and not just in enjoying Jeff Goldblum, which is the best job I've ever been paid for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As as horrible as, as it was to work on that film, which is not the film that the story is about, it's a different one, mm-hmm. but as horrible as it was to work on that film just because of, like, the AD department, Jeff Goldblum kind of just, like, made it all better. Even when he was, like, disappointed with me, it was still like, well, at least you're being nice to me, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. and, and he was always so just, like, you said just like charming to be around and uh, like people just gravitate towards him. And I I think part of that is probably proximity to celebrity, but I think a larger part of it is just how magnetic he is and how nice he is genuinely. And how starved for any sort of kindness you are as a crew. Yes. (laughs) 
Yes, definitely. Oh <laughs> Such oh. a joy. What truly, what a treasure of a human. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and but you mentioned in your notes to me that you guys were shooting in an abandoned hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we were shooting in an abandoned hospital, and I guess we didn't have the budget for like space heaters. We had like those little like twenty dollar ones that are like I don't know the size of like a toaster. Yeah, for and, your dorm room. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> like, he was in like a huge hospital ward, and that oh, was his God. green room. And we set up, I don't know, how, they're called flats, or like the crew calls them flats. They're like those thin pieces of wood that you make like a fake wall with. Mm-hmm. We set up a couple of those to make him a room, but it wasn't insulated God. in any way. So he's just sitting in this like giant hospital floor as his green room with like a toaster. <laughs> for, oh, no. And the poor man got sick. I I probably made him, um, I'd say anywhere between twenty to thirty cups of day of tea a day because mm. that, that's the only thing that he had to keep him warm. And he was so like chill about it. Like he would all he would always act like he was bothering me to ask me to make him tea. And I was like, dude, this is my job. <laughs> like, I'm here. I'm, I'm your PA. Like I'm here to make you as much tea as you want and I'd much <laughs> rather be making you tea than dealing with everything else on set like trust me you know but yeah sure. would he, you like me to just cuddle you until you get warm because I can <laughs> I'm did, totally yeah. fine with that <laughs> he did not have a problem cuddling trust me he was always cuddling somebody <laughs> so lovely god yeah yeah but it was crazy because here was a situation where a very well-known well-respected actor with a lot of clout and you know had every right to flip out on Mm. the crew because they were freezing him to death and he was so nice because he knew it wasn't our fault and even asking for things like a tea or a blanket he all he like felt bad about because he didn't want to bother me (laughs) you know right yeah so there are definitely a lot of celebrities who could take a page out of his book for sure Mm. That's how you do it, fellow thespians, because you have no idea the kind of stuff that crew is dealing with within their, I mean, my God, the amount of things that I'm hearing about the the power of the AD department, and I feel like I've had the pleasure of working with so many great first ADs who, like, run a fairly pleasant set, but I have been on a couple projects with first ADs who are absolute tyrants and you can just feel everybody everyone's shoulders up to their eyebrows because it's so stressful it's so unnecessary i had an ad shove me in front of adrian brody no no and i I never spoke to adrian brody ever um but he was he was like behind the guy when he shoved me and we made this eye contact and he just looked at me like I'm sorry, you know, like it, it 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 was a very low budget movie, of course. It must have been like right before he blew up, like before mm-hmm. um the Grand Budapest and like all that, you know, larger stuff that he's in now. But um it was I had gotten hired under the premise that the 
production was already failing and they needed a PA to come in and wear a cape and like save the day. And like, that was my interview. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to take this job, but I'm going. I can to drive a truck. Yeah. <laughs> a 14 foot truck. I am there. I'm there. Yeah. Wear a cape. Not so much. Cannot do. And, um, You'd look yeah, great in a cape, though. Just, oh, thank you. <laughs> everyone was just so stressed out and like not not communicating. And I was supposed to escort um, some actors to a uh, set. And we were in like i don't know really what we were in but we were in some kind of large building like like a library type of like aesthetic and there was like an upstairs and a downstairs and he kept the ad kept saying take the take the actors to set downstairs and i was like no like we're we're on schedule like we're going upstairs and he was like well take just take them downstairs you know he said it again and i was like they have to go upstairs sir and he turns around and goes you need to calm the fuck down and like grabs me and like shakes me and shoves me and yeah i just look over and like there's adrian brody <laughs> just like watching this all go down yeah that you're the one who needs to calm down yeah, yeah yeah oh fuck the fucking power trip of these people Truly. Like, what on earth yeah. and also if you're so stressed out then take take a break <laughs> right take How a break i feel yeah yeah it's it's there's so much of that. That's that's why Oof. I don't work in the industry anymore. <laughs> so my my AD of the year, um, it it's actually a combination. It would be Sarah Gonson and Jackie Dore. Sarah, I love Jackie. I'm working yeah! with Jackie right now. Woo! Jackie and you're working on a Showtime show together. You do you guys still still go Jacqui? <laughs> <laughs> I did think it when I saw her name on the door, and I was like. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think she hates that. She might want to slap me for throwing that out there. Sorry, but it's, it's, when when you're in the like group, you know, it's like a it's a fun thing yes. through the day on walkie. But yeah, they, they were always a great team. Um, Sarah Gonson was a uh, a PPA when I was working with her, but I I think she's uh, a second AD now, which is like I'm so proud of her. Um, but they, they were always very supportive, very understanding. I, I wouldn't say lax because like you said, they, they definitely ran a tight ship. They were very organized, especially Jackie. I mean, her whole job was to plan ahead, but she also like took it really seriously and we were always prepared because of mm -hmm. her. Um, but they also didn't like give us shit for things like being tired and grumpy or needing to sit. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like honestly the audacity yeah yeah and i know i must have given sarah crazy because when i was working for sarah is when i was pursuing what i thought was going to be a career in costume design so i would like book gigs and then like four hours you know the night before be like hey uh, uh can i do this other thing instead and she was just like yes i love this for you like please mm. do it and then would book me when i needed work again you know and like they were just so supportive and understanding and they're they're the blacklist crew mm -hmm. um I don't think they're there anymore. I think they they've gone on to do several other things over the years. Um, yeah, all around, I think the best experience that I ever had, like celebrity production, AD department, all of it was definitely on the blacklist. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm rad. Uh, again, we've we've been Jen and I have been talking to people um, since noon today. 
And <laughs> with every single interview we've had today, I'm like, I could talk to you forever. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you so much. This was amazing. <laughs> Do you have anything specific you want to plug that's coming up? Um, I don't have any shows or anything booked. I've I've been um I've been working on my fashion illustrations and costume design so that I can throw up like a Patreon or something and yeah. and feed my rhinestone budget that way yeah <laughs> buff up my costumes a little bit more so I, I would say just to check out the gram for the art that i've been putting out because i've been shooting some stuff at home and getting acts together that way mm -hmm. um but i'm not quite ready to to enter the outside world post pandemic isn't i get it <laughs> yeah yep yep yeah, I think that's uh, probably a good a good choice. Thank you. Um, so we will have Dahlia's Instagram in the show notes so that you can follow them and check out uh, check out all of their costumery. And in the meantime, for more stories, for more horror stories like Dahlia's, and especially because as talent, we really need to add our support to the crew. They're the only reason that we get to actually make. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. And you've seen you've seen movies made by actors who think they can make movies. You've seen them. They're not good. Doesn't work out so great. <laughs> and um our our support really matters, not only in union solidarity, if they strike, we strike, but also just like we see you, we value you, your work is important and you having a beautiful, fulfilling restful life is important let's change this work dynamic that is expected of us because it's not good for any of us and it's a miracle that like we're still alive on this side of a pandemic so yeah. maybe the next maybe the after can be better than the before that's the hope that's the hope I, I think the pandemic really changed things for a lot of us it was the first time that we saw our homes and our families and we were like don't make us go back to this yeah. right. <laughs> a thousand percent yeah yeah uh, Excellent point. well thank but, you darling i can't wait to see you again in person at some point yes your face we'll totally make plans but thank you yeah. so much for having yeah. me and for giving a, a humble crew member a voice <laughs> thank you sure. for your amazing work ethic and smart thinking and and craft for art like you're appreciated and amazing and until next time thespians uh keep that honey pot warm <laughs> wow she's just man hitting it out of the ballpark today <laughs> jacqueline <laughs>